Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We reverence your spirit. We reverence your presence among us, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. 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 You know, in one sense, we know that God is omnipresent. God is everywhere at all times. We understand that. But then God is more present, more present in some places than he is in other places. Would you agree? He's more present at some times than he is at other times. His presence can be stronger and greater. And when we assemble together, Because we've been called together. He meets with us. He assembles with us. He's he's part of our assembling. And he's here in a way that he's not somewhere else. Just out on the highway. He's not out there like he is in here. He's not in other people's homes this morning like he is here. He won't be in your home on on a service time like he will be here. Because he inhabits us as a body. Now, if you're a believer, obviously he's in you everywhere you go. But when we're outside of these times of assembly... He's in us, but we we don't have his corporate presence. Well, you don't have that when you're at home or you're at work, you're on vacation or doing those other things. He is here in a special way when we assemble together because he inhabits us as a body. Glory to God. That's, That's something to be aware of. That's something to be mindful of and it's something to be thankful for. And it's, it's something to, to reverence, to regard, to have a proper uh, appreciation for these things. Amen. Amen? Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. And so we want what he wants. It's not what I want or you want. It's what does God want? Because he he wants to do things in us as a church. And we've been mindful of that. We we know he's calling us to go uh, higher in him than we ever have been before. Hallelujah. I I didn't intend to get up and say all these things because I still had some preliminaries to to, to go to, but... Uh, so let me, let me do this lest I forget later. Uh, Deshaun, why don't you stand up and, and uh, 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 Riley, uh, Riley, excuse me, uh, Ray, huh? Riley, excuse me, I get you and your sister mixed up. Riley, uh, did I get it wrong again? <laughs> laughing at me anyway. Jim and Carissa, why don't you stand up? These are new members we have among us today. Patty, Patty, stand up. Glory to God. Thank God for our new members. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, that's good. We need to recognize when people are are part of this body and they want to officially be a part of this body. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Sometimes when, in case you think I stutter, sometimes when I, I, I minister, uh, I, try to, I try to speak, even in my teaching and preaching, I try to speak what the Spirit's giving me and try to stay sensitive. And sometimes when I'm talking, it, it's not like I can't speak. 
It's like the Holy Spirit arrests me. I don't know any other way to say it. I'll start to say something and, I, and the Holy Spirit sort of arrests me. And that's why I, I'll, kind, 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 you know, I'm not stuttering. <laughs> and I'm not losing my thought. I know what it is I, I want to say. But I sense sometimes the hand of the Lord. It's like it just comes up and, it's just, and just kind of, just kind of uh, puts me on pause for a minute. And... Uh, when he does that, it's, it's, it's usually because he wants to do something. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it, it, it's uh, important to stop and find out what he wants to do. And sometimes he just wants us to take just a moment just to thank him for his presence. Let's just lift our hands right now and thank it. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we worship you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, 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 Father. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I want to go, I want to talk a little bit more today about the glory of the Lord. I'm not through with this. The Lord has been, has really been stirring me up along this line. I've been interested in the glory of God for a long time, many, many years. And I've studied it and, and, uh, and been conscious of his presence. But here lately, the Lord has really been stirring me uh, on this. And, and we need to we need to look into the word of God a little bit more and talk about how the glory of the Lord is, is in manifestation. Uh, one thing I will say about this, the glory of the Lord isn't in manifestation simply because we're thinking about the glory of the Lord. In other words, by focusing on the glory, that's not how we, that's not how we get the glory of the Lord to manifest. The glory of God is a, is a supernatural demonstration of God's power and it happens as he wills, not as we will. We can't conjure it up. We can't say, well, you know, we're going to meet Sunday night and, and we're going we're to have the glory cloud come in, you know, and, and cover us. You, you, that, those things happen as the Spirit wills. But in talking about the glory, the reason I'm talking about it is we do need to be aware of it. We need to be taught about it. It's just like the gifts of the Spirit. You can't, you can't just ordain yourself when the gifts of the Spirit are going to work, but they're not going to work if, if we're not aware of them either. And so we have to know about these things. And so uh, in, in looking at uh, this, this principle of the glory of the Lord and the fact that we are the temple of God, I said this last week, that the temple of God is supposed to be filled with the glory of God. The glory of the Lord goes with the temple. That's just, in, in every uh, uh, previous expression of the temple of God, the first expression was, we know the tabernacle of Moses. When, when Moses uh, had, you know, had the children of Israel bring all of the things and when they left Egypt and they created the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, the Spirit of God dwelt in that tabernacle and His glory went from time to time would fill it and there would, and there would be a cloud. So we're going to look at some more of those verses this morning. Solomon's temple, the same thing. When the temple was dedicated, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Uh, Jesus Christ Himself is the temple of God. In fact, all of the other expressions of the temple are all types of Christ. He is the chief antitype. He is the chief expression, the number one expression of the temple of God. He was born of the Spirit. 
and he had the Holy Spirit in him. But that day that he went down into the Jordan and was baptized by John the Baptist, the Spirit of God came upon him. And the Bible says that, that he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days. When he came back, he returned in the power of the Spirit and was filled with the Spirit. And so even Jesus Christ, as the temple of God, had to be filled with the glory of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. We know that individual believers have the Holy Spirit but then you can go from having the Holy Spirit being indwelt by the Spirit to being filled with the Spirit. Well, the same thing would have to be true of the church. Every other expression of the, of the temple of God, you have the, the Holy Spirit filling it. Amen? And so uh, we, we looked at that last week and talked about it. Uh, I, I read a few scriptures, I think, last week uh, uh, on, on uh, the glory of the Lord. But I, I'm especially led today to go back and, and, and not read all of them, but read at, uh, pick out certain ones. And I'm going to go from the Old Testament to the New Testament because a lot of times people have the idea that the glory of the Lord was manifested in the Old Testament. It's kind of an Old Testament thing, but it's a New Testament thing as well. Go with me, first of all, to the seventh chapter of Acts. We'll take this as our, as our uh, foundational scripture for today. Acts chapter 7. And look at verse number 55. This, of course, was Stephen, uh, uh, the first martyr of the church as he was preaching. In verse number 55, it says, But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, is it important to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes it is. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now, notice that he saw the glory. He didn't just perceive the glory. He looked into heaven and saw the glory of God. The glory of God can be seen. And, you know, he opened his message, actually, if you go back to the first part of this chapter, in uh, verse number two, he began his sermon this way. He said, brethren and fathers, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. Notice he called God the God of glory. Well, when... when Stephen, he was preaching here to the Jews, people who were familiar with the Old Testament. When he said the God of glory, they immediately understood what he was talking about because they were aware of the way the glory of God had manifested, but it had not manifested that way in Israel until Jesus came on the scene for hundreds of years. But they were still aware that God was the God of glory. And he's still the God of glory. This is in the New Testament. And, and he's talking about God as being the God of glory who had appeared and, and revealed himself to Abraham. He's the God of glory. Go with me to Exodus chapter 16. And let's just look at not nearly all of the passages, but I want to look at a few of them today. Exodus chapter 16. And let's look at verse number 6, and then we'll look at verse number 10. Exodus 16, 6 and 10. Verse 6 says, Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you... <clears throat> Excuse me. At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And verse 7 says, And in the morning you shall see... The glory of the Lord. Notice he said you're going to see the glory of the Lord. So this is something that, that all the people were going to see. Not just Moses or Aaron. But he said you'll all see it. If you go down to verse number uh, 10. It says that. Now it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel. That they looked toward the wilderness. And behold the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. So everybody saw it. Uh, go on over then in Exodus to chapter 40. Exodus chapter 40. 
And let's look at verse 34 and 35. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Notice the glory of the Lord looked like a cloud. That's what it looked like. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So again, what did it look like? What did this cloud look like? Well, it looked like a cloud. And it rested on the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Go with me over to Numbers chapter 16. Numbers, the 16th chapter. And let's look at Verse 42. Now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned toward the tabernacle of meeting and suddenly the cloud covered it and the, and the glory of the Lord appeared. Now it said it happened suddenly. That means that at it, it, one moment it wasn't there and the next minute it was there. In other words, it just, just like you snapped your finger almost suddenly uh, the glory of the Lord, the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared and, and of course they all saw it. Go with me to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 8, 1 Kings 8 this is another version of the dedication of Solomon's temple. Verse 10 it says it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. Notice it's, it's called the cloud. In other words, this was, this was becoming uh, something that they understood. This was, this, was a, this was the cloud. It was the glory of the Lord. It says that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. We won't take the time this morning to read over Second Chronicles. We read that very often, kind of a favorite passage, you know, about how the, uh, the children of Israel gathered in one accord and all the singers and trumpeters were as one. But there it says again that the, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord and the priest could not, uh, it says in the New King James, could not continue ministering, but literally it says they could not stand to minister. And so the, the translators uh, interpreted that to mean that they couldn't continue ministering, but that's taking something away from it. It literally says they could not stand to minister. Now, we saw in Exodus that Moses and Aaron could not go into the tabernacle because of the cloud. They couldn't even go in. But here, they were in the tabernacle, and they couldn't stand. They, they, they evidently fell down. And uh, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Uh, go over with me then to Isaiah. Like I said, we're going to skip. There's a lot more. Isaiah chapter 6. There's a lot more in the Bible about this. Isaiah chapter 6 and look at verse 4. And the post of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Now this time the glory of the Lord looked like smoke. Sometimes it does. And then go over to Ezekiel. Go over to the first chapter of Ezekiel. And look at verse number 28. Verse 28 says, Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. I don't know if you've, ever, if you've ever seen a really bright rainbow. When the conditions, sometimes the rainbows are very faint. You can barely see them. But there are some times when they, when they are so distinct, they're not just a color in the sky. It's a, there's a brightness to it. Have you ever noticed that? And that's what he said this looked like. He said it was in appearance... Uh, 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 like on a, uh, a rainy day uh, of a rainbow and a cloud, so was the appearance of the brightness all around us, all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Go to the third chapter in Ezekiel. Look at verse number 
23. So I arose and went out into the plain and behold the glory of the Lord stood there like the glory which I saw by the river Chebar. And I fell on my face. Notice that, that, that people fall, often fall when the glory of the Lord is in manifestation. He said, I fell on my face. And then the spirit entered me and set me on my feet. You know, it's one thing when people fall under the power. It's another thing when the Holy Spirit sets them back on their feet. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Go to the 10th chapter. Ezekiel 10. And look at verse number 4. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and paused over the threshold of the temple. And the house was filled with the cloud. And the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. Notice here the Lord's glory, just like he saw it before, in appearance was bright. There was a brightness to it. The glory of the Lord. Go over to the 43rd chapter of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 43. Ezekiel 43, and let's look at verse number 2. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east. His voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. Notice, it came from a particular direction. This time, it came, other times we read it just suddenly appeared. It suddenly, the cloud was there. This time it came from a direction. It said it came out of the east. The glory of the Lord came into the temple by way of the east gate. Are we in 43? Oh, we're in, we're in verse, verse number two. I, I dropped down. Let's go back to verse number two. Behold, the glory of the, uh, of the God of Israel came by the way of the east. His voice is like the sound of many waters and the earth shone with his glory. It was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when I came to destroy the city. The visions were like the visions which I saw by the river Chebar. And again, I fell on my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the temple by way of the east gate, which faces toward the east. Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. And behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. I'm reading all these so that you can see that the glory of the Lord is something that when it's in manifestation fully, it can be seen. And, in, and, it's, in, and it's not just a, a sort of a, a general atmosphere, it's, it's discernible in location because sometimes it was here and sometimes it was there and sometimes it came from one place and, and, and went to another. Can you see that? Amen. Now, a lot of people have the idea that this was just an Old Testament thing. Notice, before we leave here, notice that it shone. The earth shone with his glory. In other words, the immediate uh, earth around it, the immediate location. There was a, the glory of the Lord was shining. It was bright. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17. Well, before, before we do that, let's look at, hold your place in Matthew 17. We'll come back. Go over to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're coming into the Christmas season. We'll be looking at this again. <laughs> Luke chapter 1. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 2, not chapter 1. Luke chapter 2. Verse number eight, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. So not only did an angel appear, but the angel appeared, but there was also the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord shone around them. It lighted up the area around them. Not just, where, not just them, but the area around them was lit up with the glory of the Lord. Now, go back to Matthew chapter seven, 17. Matthew 17. 
Verse number one, now after six days, Jesus took, took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Isn't that interesting? Verse number five, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. That is, uh, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah who appeared to, to him, and then Peter, James, and John. So there were, there were six people there. And it says that while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, hear him. And let's look at this in, in, in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 9. Get a little bit more insight. Luke chapter 9. <clears throat> and let's look at verse 29. We'll look at verse 29, 31, 32, and 34. Look at verse 29. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. In other words, even his clothes were saturated with this glory. I'm talking about the, the clothes he was wearing. Jesus had on his robe, became white and glistening. Then behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory with him and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Notice they appeared in glory. And uh, verse number... Well, let's read verse 32, then we'll go down to verse 34. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Verse 34, while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them. Now, it says in Matthew's gospel that the voice came out of that cloud and spoke to them. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And it says here that a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. So this cloud came, and then a voice came out of the cloud and spoke to them. Uh, now, we've already read Acts chapter 7, but in Acts chapter 9, let's, let's go over there for just a moment. Acts chapter 9. Acts, the ninth chapter. Verse number three, this is, of course, Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, and he was uh, on his way to persecute the, earth, the young church. And as he journeyed, verse three says, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And in verse number eight, then Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. So when, when this glory, when this bright light appeared to him, which was the glory of the Lord, it left him where he couldn't see. And, and he was that way three days without sight. Now, what, what was that, what was that light what was it? What was it like? Well, Luke is the writer of the book of Acts, but Luke wasn't present when this happened. Luke hadn't uh, joined um, Paul because Paul wasn't even saved yet when this happened. And so Luke wasn't part of his team. This was before Luke came on. Luke wrote about this by the inspiration of the Spirit, but he wasn't present. So Luke really didn't fully describe everything. Uh, but if we go over to... Uh, Acts chapter 22 later the apostle himself explained a little bit more of this in chapter 22 Luke 22 verse number 6 he says now as it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me now notice he says it was about noon and he said, a great light from heaven shone around me and I fell to the ground and I heard this voice. Verse number nine says, those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, 
but they did not hear the voice of the person who spoke to him. Literally, they heard a sound, but they couldn't distinguish the words. In chapter 26, Paul is telling this story again before King Agrippa. And he says in verse number 12, this is Acts 26, 12, while thus occupied as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest at midday, midday. Now previous he said it was about, about noon. At midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun. Have you ever seen anything brighter than the sun? Not unless you've seen the glory of God, you haven't. Or unless you saw an atomic bomb or something, you haven't seen anything brighter than the sun. He said a light shone around him brighter than the noonday, midday sun. And it shined around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And so on. Now, a lot of people said that that Uh, Paul was blind, you know, that God struck him blind. Well, he wasn't blinded by sickness and disease. That's not what blinded him. He tells us, uh, in chapter 22, go back to chapter 22, verse 11 says, and since I could not see for the glory of that light, It was the glory of the Lord that blinded him. So we can see here, and I think we skipped one passage. My notes weren't very good. I apologize. No, we read that one. But we see here in these passages that this is a New Testament experience where the glory of the Lord appears. Now, it happens as the Lord wills, and very often we're conscious of his glory. And that's a wonderful thing. And again, we're not trying to make something happen. We're not believing for a particular manifestation of the Spirit at any particular time because they come as the Spirit wills. But at the same time, we need to be aware of them. Now, I've seen the glory of God. I've seen it with my own eyes. And when it happens, when you go, when the glory cloud comes around you, it's almost like, sort of like being in a trance. It's not fully like being in a trance, but when someone's in a trance... You know, Peter was up on the rooftop and fell into a trance. When you fall into a trance, your physical senses are suspended. You don't even know where you are or or anything around you. When the glory comes in in manifestation like that and comes upon you, it's sort of like being in a trance because your physical uh, senses are somewhat suspended. And, and And I'll talk about that a little bit later. I don't know of anybody in modern times who had the experiences in the glory of God like Kenneth E. Hagin. I've never read about anybody or heard anybody talk about uh, seeing the glory of God and experiencing things in the glory of God as much as Kenneth E. Hagin did. And, uh, and I think it would be good to, uh, to rehearse some of these things that Brother Hagin talked about because they're really phenomenal and, and quite fascinating. And, uh, and so I'm just going to kind of uh, uh, mention some of these occurrences. Sometimes you can, in, in hearing his, his teachings or reading a book, he'll tell about one time the glory of the Lord appeared or another time. Uh, but recently the Lord had me listen to some tapes where he went and he identified all the different times that I've heard him talk about in one place. He identified all the times the glory of the Lord appeared to him. The first time when he was a teenager... In 1933, you know, he was a teenager and he was dying. He had just gotten saved a short time before this, a few days before this. And this particular uh, day, he was dying. And as he, he realized he was about to, about to die, his younger brother was there, but his mother was outside the room. He told his younger brother, Pat, he said, go get mama. He wanted to tell her goodbye because he realized he was dying. And he said that his brother took off out of the room to find his mother, he said as soon as his brother left the room, this is the first time he ever saw the glory of God. He's just a teenager. He's 16 years old. And he said when his brother left the room, he said suddenly the light, the room just lit up like like bright. It was already daylight, but it just a supernatural brightness. And all of a sudden, there was a cloud, and he just went up. 
just went up into that cloud. And he said he got up about to, to where the roof should have been, but he didn't see the roof. He was in this cloud. He got up about as high as where the roof should have been. He stopped, and he said he heard a voice speaking to him, saying, go back, go back to the earth. You can't come yet. And so he went back down. When he came back into the, into the room, he saw his mother. He was still outside of his body. And he saw his mother standing or sitting next to, his, next to him, and, he, and she had his hand in her hand. And he said he went right back into his body through his mouth. And when he got back into his body, he started speaking. And he told his mother, he said, I'm not going to die now. Well, she thought he meant, I'm not going to die right now. I'm going to die in a few minutes. But what he meant was, I'm not dying. I'm not going to die now. I'm going to live. God's got a work for me to do. Well, he didn't tell anybody about that for, for 25 years. He never spoke about it. He never told anybody about it, never told anybody. And finally, the Lord dealt with him uh, in, in his teachings on another subject that he needed to start telling about this story, tell, tell what happened to him. In the meantime, he had, had had other experiences with the glory of the Lord, but he hadn't told anybody about this one. So he was telling about it, and his mother heard about it and this time this time she was in her 70s and she said you know she said the way you tell it 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 makes it sound like it happened just like it was just like a, a moment you you went up into this cloud and then the Lord said you can't come and you went right back down and, it, and she said that's not exactly the way it happened on our side it took over 10 minutes for this to happen when he told his brother go get mama he ran out of the room to get Brother Hagen's mama, and he was caught up in this cloud. Well, when his mother came running, when she got to the, to the door of the room, she, she looked in, and the room was filled with a cloud. And she sensed the presence of God, and so she just stopped and didn't try to go in and just bowed her head and just stood there for a moment. Her mother, Brother Hagen's grandmother, was in the house and she was running toward the room behind his mother and she didn't look. She just ran, tried to run into the room and this is Brother Hagin's mom telling him about it years later. He said, your grandma hit that, that cloud and bounced off of it like you'd hit a rubber ball. She couldn't go in the room. Remember it said they couldn't enter the room? Moses and Aaron couldn't go in because of the cloud? His grandmother, not noticing the cloud, just you know, running in, she tried to run in. She hit that cloud and she bounced back. And he said she got back about halfway across the dining room because his bedroom was right off the dining room and took another run for it. <laughs> and he said she hit that, that cloud and she bounced off the second time. And then the next time she got back clear across the room and took a third run for it. And she hit that cloud the third time and bounced back. And this time she was so overcome by God's glory, she just held on to the doorpost. And she, and she never went in. She, just, she was just so weak from hitting that glory. And so they looked into this room and, and, and it, she said it was 10 minutes. When they looked in the room, you couldn't see anything. You couldn't see, you couldn't see uh, Brother Hagen. You know, he was just a teenager at the time. You couldn't see him, couldn't see his bed, couldn't see the chest of doors, couldn't see any furniture, couldn't see anything in the room. It was just full of a cloud. They saw it. And she said after about 10 minutes or just before 10 minutes, it started, that, it started dissipating. And Granny said, well, uh, uh, Lily, her, his mother's name was Lily, said, you know, I can see a few things now. I can see this article of furniture, that piece of furniture. And so it was a few minutes before it all completely lifted, and, and Granny said, well, it's, it's gone now. Well, she never did go in. <laughs> I guess she'd had enough of that. <laughs> so uh, Brother Hagen's mother ran in and took him by the hand, and that's when he opened his eyes and said, I'm not going to die now. Well, see, he thought it took just a moment, and it took a little over ten, about 10 minutes for it to happen. So that was his first experience in the glory of God. Now, that was in 1933. In uh, uh, three years later, he was preaching. At this time, he was just a, a Baptist boy preacher, he called himself. He was not filled with the Spirit. And he was preaching in a community. He had taken the pastorate of a little community church that was kind of a mixture of a lot of different people. It was... It was not a spirit-filled congregation. He was not filled with the Holy Spirit at the time. And while he was preaching on a Sunday night, 
uh, he said that he looked up and he saw this cloud coming in from the back of the auditorium. And it was, it was the glory of God, but it looked like a, like a cloud and it sort of rolled in like waves that you see rolling in from the ocean. Well, he wasn't frightened because he had seen that cloud before. He had been caught up in it. And so he, he kept preaching and he watched that cloud and it just came into the building and filled kind of the back and then it sort of moved forward and it covered more and more people. And when it finally got down to the front, it covered the people and the altar. They had a little altar in that church, a little kneeling altar. And it covered that altar. And when it got to that point, now he, he had been preaching because he, he always looked at his watch before he preached. He had been preaching 17 minutes at the time. And he looked at his watch when that cloud got to that point. And suddenly, he, when he couldn't see anybody, he suddenly uh, was not aware of what he was saying. He said he could hear himself talking. He could hear the sound of his voice, but he couldn't distinguish what he was saying. And he, he preached another 17 minutes and had no idea what he was saying. And uh, because his physical senses were suspended to the degree, he knew where he was. They weren't fully suspended. He knew where he was. He knew he was standing in the pulpit and he couldn't see the altar, but, but evidently he could see the pulpit. And he was preaching, but he couldn't, hear, he couldn't understand what he was saying. So when it lifted, that cloud lifted, and it just, it just left. People are just sitting there, and he didn't know what he'd been saying. Well, how do you conclude when you don't know what you've been saying? So he didn't know how to tie on to what he had been saying, so he just dismissed. He just gave the benediction and dismissed. So the next day, that was on a Sunday, and Monday he, he, he talked to a man in town who was a member of that church. He was a real influential man. And he, and he asked him, he said, was there anything unusual about my message yesterday? He said, no, not particularly. Why? He said, well, I just wondered if there was anything unusual about it. And he said, well, why are you asking? He said, well, did, was the last half, did it fit with the first half? And he said, well, why are you asking? He said, well, I'll, I'll, you tell me and then I'll tell you why I'm asking. And he said, well, the only thing about it is everybody in town has been talking about it. Because he said that last part of your message, he said, your face looked like the face of an angel. And he said, the words were just pouring out of you, just, just pouring out. And he said, people have been talking about it all over town all morning. Well, that was his second experience with that. Then a couple years later in 1938, is this interesting? In 1938, in a, on a Sunday morning, now this time he had moved to Tom Bean, Texas. And uh, he had taken the uh, pastor of Full Gospel Church. He had been filled with that. Now think about this. Let's go back to that other church, that community church. He was not spirit-filled. And the church was not filled of people that were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the glory of God still came into that church. It filled that house. Because the that local body is different than individual bodies. Individually, we're all temples of the Holy Ghost, but collectively, as a church, we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the glory of the God, the glory of God, filled that collective temple. And yet, not the people in there might have been one or two were filled with the Spirit. Most were not. Isn't that interesting? And and I think it's interesting that that it was a, a, a community church with a lot of different kinds of people in it. There were people from different church backgrounds. Now, you know they didn't always get along with, with one another about everything. That would be impossible. I mean, as wonderful and as perfect as you are, <laughs> you don't always get along with each other perfectly, do you? My point is, when people reverence the presence of God, it doesn't matter who you are. God can do amazing things. And it, again, I, I want to stress this. We're not talking about trying to, to get some kind of a manifestation. We're talking about being a church where we're so interested in God's presence and we're so interested in just pleasing God and, and drawing from Him and worshiping Him and receiving from Him that we just want what God wants. And when a church can get into, a, into one accord like that, I'm telling you, you can't say when it's going to happen, but things happen. And I personally believe before Jesus returns, we're going to see more and more of these things. God sent Kenneth Hagin to this generation. 
He sent Kenneth Hagin to this generation to prepare the church for the return of the Lord. And he said that he felt before the Lord's return we would see more and more of these things. And I just believe it, it, it's, it's so. And so we're just going to, we're not seeking sensationalism. We're not seeking, you know, manifestations. We're just seeking God. Amen. So in 1938, on a Sunday morning, he's pastoring now, a spirit-filled pastor, a, a full gospel church in, in Texas, Tom Bean, Texas. Again, that cloud came in from the back. And so he, he's preaching. He just waited, and it just came in, and kind of like in waves. Finally, it covered the people. And this time, it came up, and it came on him, and it, he couldn't see his pulpit or his notes or his Bible. He couldn't see anything. Now, before, he could see, he just couldn't see the altar and everything back from this time. He couldn't see the pulpit or his Bible or his notes. And while he was in that cloud, now he's still preaching. He could not understand what he was saying. He could hear his words being, he could hear the, hear the sound of his words, had no idea what he was saying. But while he's in this cloud, suddenly he's in a, a neighboring town. There was a town about 15 miles away. And he was in the neighboring town in a vision. He saw himself in a neighboring town the night before. Now, this was a Sunday morning, and they had a Saturday night service. And on Saturday, because people were farmers, and, and, and that's just the way they had their service. They had a Saturday night, Sunday morning. There was a young lady in the church who was interested in him, and he was a little interested in her. He was not married at the time. before he had met his, or married his wife. He met, I think, Aretha at that church, but they weren't, they weren't going together. And he was somewhat interested in this other woman in the church, young lady. And she was supposed to sing a special that Saturday night, but she didn't show up. Well, now this is Sunday morning, and this, this cloud came in while he was preaching. And it covered him. He couldn't even see the pulpit or his Bible, and he could hear his voice, but he, couldn't hear, he didn't understand what he was saying. But suddenly, while he's in the pulpit in, in vision, he's in a neighboring town 15 miles away, and he's standing on the street corner. And it was the Saturday night, the night before. And he saw this young lady. And she was standing there at the street and on the street or walking down the street. And he said, a car drove by and stopped. And somebody said something to her. And she got in that car and drove off. And suddenly he was in the back seat of the car. And this, this woman that was supposed to sing the special that night she and this man went out in the country and had sex in the front seat of the car. He was sitting in the back seat. Now, he saw that. And so when, he, when, when the cloud lifted off of him, he didn't know what he'd been saying. <laughs> so he didn't know what to say. And uh, so he just, he just closed the service and uh, that was the end of that. And he dropped that woman. I mean, because she was somebody, he was kind of interested in her. He, you know, kind of dropped her. Well, in, in, that was the third time he saw the glory of the Lord. The fourth time was in that same church. And he was in, uh, in service one night. And uh, no, no, no. No, he wasn't in church this time. He was walking down the street in this town. But it was in the, while he was pastoring the same church. He was walking down the street. And uh, he looked over. And it was, I guess it was in the evening. And he saw a car sitting down at the end of an alley. Kind of in the dark shadows. There was another young woman in his church. That was interested in him. But he wasn't interested in her at all. And uh, he looked down, down, this, down this alley. This blind alley. And there's a car sitting back down there in the, in the shadows in the dark. And he said, all of a sudden, a light, just a bright light, just lit up the inside of the car. But the people in the car didn't see it. It was the glory of the Lord. He just lit up the inside of the car. And there were four people in the car. There was a, a guy and a gal in the front seat and a guy and a gal in the back seat. Well, the girl in the back seat was this, was this young lady that was interested in him. And the, the men in the car, they had their arms around these, these girls. And they were snuggling up to them. And he just saw it. And uh, then it just disappeared. So he knew, well, stay away from her. Well, that was the fourth time. 
1939, he was still pastoring. I don't know if he was pastoring there or somewhere else, but he was pastoring. And he was asked to hold a revival for another pastor. And two times during that revival, I don't know how long the revival lasted, but two times during that revival, while he was preaching, a bright light flashed in the church. And he said it was so bright, you could, when it went off, it was like a flash bulb. And I talked about the other evangelists that had that happen in his church. Well, this was in one of Brother Hagin's meetings while he was preaching. He said a light just flashed like, like the old-fashioned uh, light bulbs used to have on the cameras. You know, when they'd go off, you couldn't see for a moment. He said it was brighter than the sun. It just flashed. And he said it was so bright that the pastor, when he could see again, the pastor jumped up and ran to the window and threw open the window and looked outside. He thought Jesus had come. He looked outside. But when that light flashed, this one time, when it flashed like that, everybody that was unsaved got saved. Every backslider came back to the Lord. Every Christian who had been seeking the Holy Ghost was filled with the Holy Ghost and they're sitting there speaking in other tongues. And it just happened. And people were saved and people were healed and delivered. Uh, in 1940, he was uh, uh, pastoring and uh, uh, he had a converted Jew come give his testimony and preach. He said it was a very educated man, real outstanding uh, testimony. And while he was preaching, a bright light flashed. And when it did, this time the altar was instantly filled with people. Every sinner, every backslider, every, everybody that needed God was suddenly, when, it, when the light went off and you could see again, they were in the altar. Well, people wonder, well, how did they get down there? He said, people asked him, how did they get down there? He said, I didn't know. I didn't, I couldn't see. But it just happened. That's pretty amazing. And then in 1946, he took over the church for a friend. Just, he was in field ministry at the time, but this man asked him to take his church for six months for a particular reason. So he took the church over six months. Now, going back in 1940, when, that, when those two times in that, uh, serve, in that uh, uh, revival he was holding, that was the last time it happened to him in a church service while he was preaching. That was 1940. But in 1946... He was in field ministry, but he took time out to, to help this pastor friend and took his church over for six months. That's when he had this uneducated evangelist that I told you about last week who preached on the prodigal son. And while he was preaching, there was this bright flash of light. And again, every sinner and backslider was just instantly in the altar and people were going, how did they get out? How did they come down there? So that, that happened in 46. Now in 52, he was holding a revival in a church. Now, this is really interesting. He said it was a large church and there were six sections of seats. And there was a set of double doors behind each section. So there were six sets of double doors. It was a large church. And while he was preaching, he had, he had finished his message. And he had given the invitation for people to come, for sinners and backsliders to come. And he said there were people down front, you know. And he, he, people were coming and, you know, he was still talking to them. And he looked up. He said a man came in the back door of the auditorium through one of those double doors. He said he came in and he was wild-eyed. He was just looking around. He said he just looked like he was crazy. He said you didn't know if he was drunk or on dope. Back then they didn't have the drug problem we have today, but still people were on dope, you know. And he said he just looked wild. And he was like he was scared. He was looking around. And, and when he saw that, that people were being invited to receive Christ, he just came right down. He wasn't there for the invitation. He hadn't been in the, in the church service up until that point. He just came down the front and stood with the others. And so, I, and Brother Hagin was, you know, I guess praying for them or something. And he said, this man got his attention. He said, can I speak to you? So Brother Hagin went over and said, yeah, what is it? And he said, he said, you don't know me. He said, but I was, I was walking down the street tonight and he said, I was walking down the street and suddenly he said there was a ball of fire in the sky. And he said, at first I thought, you know, it was a full moon out, but it was cloudy that night. He said, at first I thought the, the clouds had parted and the moon had shone suddenly. But he said, then I realized it was a, just a ball of fire and it came right down and stood right over my head. And he said, just scared me to death. And he didn't know what it meant. 
He said suddenly it started moving and he started following it. He said it went down this street and it turned the corner. It went down this street and it turned the corner. And then it came right into this building, this church building. He said, I just followed it in. He said, that's what he was looking for when he came in the auditorium. He was looking around, but he couldn't see it anymore. It was gone. So he's standing around looking for this bright light. And now he's at the altar. And the singers were singing just as I am. And he had gone to church as a little boy, and he knew that song. And, and he, he, he told Brother Hagin, he said, you know, he said, I've never been saved. He said, I want to be saved. I've never been saved. He said, I went to church as a little boy, and, and I know, you know, the, the call of God, and, you know, for salvation, and I've never given my life to the Lord. He started crying. He said, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. And God led him. There was just a ball of fire. Well, that was the glory of God. Appeared to a sinner. It appeared to the apostle Paul, and he was a sinner. So why did it appear to that sinner and some other sinner? I don't know. Why did, he, why, did the, why did the glory cloud and the glory of the Lord and that bright light appear to Paul, not Caesar? I don't know. You know, but God just does things. We need to let him do what he wants to do. But it pays to be aware of these things. I, I could go on. We've run out of time. I didn't realize I was past 12, but this is interesting, isn't it? I have other things and, and, and I'll talk some more uh, about them because uh, God wants us to be aware of the different ways that he can manifest himself. And what can happen to us when we come into a place of full surrender and hunger for God where we just put everything outside. We just come in here you know, it's so easy, like I've said before, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's so easy to come in and be distracted. And, and it's not that the distractions are wrong things. They're just ordinary life things. And all of us have to deal with it. But, but if we can school ourselves to get into the habit of just coming here and putting everything else out, oh, my goodness, what God wants to do among us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you notice when these, when these kinds of things happen, he said when these things happen, when the glory of God appears, he said the results are always way more outstanding than when, when the glory doesn't happen. That's when you have every sinner gets saved. Every backslider comes back to God. Every believer is speaking with other tongues. Everybody that's sick. And this one, one that I didn't get to, uh, when this, when this uh, flash of light came, not only was every person saved and restored and filled with the Holy Spirit. Every sick person was healed. He said there was a woman in a, on a stretcher they had brought for that service. And she had been given up to die. She was only given a short amount of time, a few weeks or a month or something to live. And when that light went off, I think this is one, the one when the pastor jumped out and looked out the window. She jumped off of that stretcher and began to run up and down the aisle. She was completely healed. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. God can sure do what he wants to. And he has my permission. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You say, well, you give God permission? Yeah. We limit God. The Bible says we limit him by not believing in his power. Not believing in his power. Well, to, to believe in his power, you have to know something about it. You at least have to be told. People heard about Jesus. And they believed what they heard. And they came because of what they heard. They heard of his power. They heard he was a healer. Well, he is also a miracle worker. And the Holy Spirit is a miracle worker. And the more we hear, the more it encourages us and builds our faith in line with the word of God. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Let's stand up. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Glory, 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 glory. We honor you. We reverence you today. Hallelujah. Have your way. Your will be done in this service, in every service, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. The greatest days of the church are not behind us. They're not. The greatest days are not behind the church. The greater days and the the greatest days of all are in front of us. And between now and the return of the Lord, It's the will of God to do all that he's done in the past. But to do it more. I firmly believe. Now in all of these examples, people saw the light. But most of the time they didn't see the cloud. Brother Hagin would see it. I've seen that cloud one time. I was caught up in the cloud of glory. I just... I was just in that, just came up around me, and I was just there. But the people around me didn't see it. The people standing around me, there's no indication they saw anything. But Brother Hagin said, and I believe, I believe it too. He said, I believe we're, we're going to see the time when whole congregations will see the glory of the Lord. I'm not talking about something that imagined either. Talking about seeing it like the cloud that envelops the whole congregation. Praise God. Father, not our will, but your will be done. Have your way, Lord. All of the manifestations and demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. Glory to God. We need all of the demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. That people's faith would not be in the wisdom of men any longer, but in the power of God. Men's faith, most men's faith, put it this way, most men's faith will never be in the power of God unless they see it. We have faith in it because we see it in the Bible. But most people will never, never have faith in the power of God unless God gets their attention. You know, church, that's what this is all about. God had to deal with the children of Israel the way he did in the old covenant because they were spiritually dead men. He couldn't couldn't deal with their hearts like he can ours because... He wasn't in them, and they they were spiritually dead. So, So the old covenant and a lot of the things that happened happened because he had to deal with people in the natural. Well, God is still merciful today. And unsaved people, they, they, they don't have faith. And they don't, they don't read their Bible like you do. They don't believe because they haven't heard and they don't know. And God is compassionate. He's full of mercy. And he wants to reach everybody. And he will will do some things. And that's what signs and wonders and miracles are all about. It's God invading the natural realm. Moving over into the natural realm to do things to get men's and women's attention. Get people's attention. Who otherwise would never know. He's he's wanting a body, a temple, that he can fill to that degree. That's what he wants. That he can do things that are just in the natural, unbelievable. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Are you ready?
Are you ready for him to move the way he wants to? Are you hungry? I believe you are. I believe you are. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your holy written word. We looked into it today. We saw extensively from the Old and the New Testament how your glory fills the temple of God and how the glory of the Lord can appear even to unsaved people and how the glory of the Lord can can even appear to people and move among people who were born again but haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit because you're gracious, you're merciful, Father. You want to reach people. So, Father, we are open to all that you will. And, 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 and we will judge everything by the word. We will judge everything by the word of God. Glory to God. But there's so much that's in the word that we know, Father, is available as the Spirit wills. And so, Father, we, we purpose together in our hearts to be that kind of people. We're not a perfect in the natural, we're not always perfect. We don't always do everything right. But we can be perfect in our heart. We can be perfect in our heart. Glory to God. And so we make adjustments right now in our heart. If there's any resistance, any mocking of the things of God, or any closeness, bias against the things of God because of unbelief, self-will. We judge ourselves, Lord, that we not be guilty of closing you out, keeping you out, restricting you, limiting you, from what you want from what you want to do among us everyone has a significant contribution to this body so it's not enough to leave the church to make it on its own it's not enough to even come to church but just let other people carry the load spiritually or carry the the service spiritually it's not enough. Father, we judge ourselves to be each one of us someone that welcomes the Spirit, welcomes the move of God, welcomes your power and your glory any way and every way it wants to manifest, Father, along and in line with your word. Glory to God. We thank you, Father, for helping us. We know you are. We know you will. Glory to God. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.